All right, we're getting ready. There we go. There we go. I just got the notice. Let's see. We're ready. We're ready. We're ready. We're ready. Oh, man, am I ready? I am so ready. Uh, Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are live. So welcome to the, wow, could you believe it? 148th show of um, our roundtable, which we are now calling our current event show. And basically the current event show, excuse me for not introducing myself. I'm Jan Landy. We've got a panel of experts here um, or people that we love Uh, either way, depending on what you uh, what you feel or how you feel. I love them all. And I'm to me that everyone on this panel is an expert. Uh, So that's really great to have it here. But this is our 148th episode of our current events mastermind roundtable. Today, if you're watching, it's March 22nd and it's five o'clock on the West Coast. And I'd like to say welcome to everybody and welcome to spring. March uh, 21st was uh, the first day of spring. And so how is everybody doing out there? And have you experienced spring yet? It's raining. Well, yeah, you know, those April showers, you know, bring May March. flowers. March, uh, everything in California is a little earlier. Uh, that's right. Yeah, California is early. You were having those atmospheric rivers uh, that, that are going on right now. Yeah. And how is that affecting you? Are you tra- so it's raining, right? Yeah. Hey, lot. we got two people from Arizona in the show today, uh, Sam and Fred. Um, and Arizona, what's going on over there? Well, to tell you the truth, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico these days, but I still well, have uh, keep in contact in Arizona since I'm still a compliance broker there. So what's happening in New Mexico? Is it, What's the weather like? Well, it's raining in Arizona. So just, okay, well, I know in Mexico it's hot tamale, and, uh, you know, what is that? What is that? That's hot tamale. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's an old joke. Anyway, um, <laughs> hey, well, anyway, this is, this is it. Just remember, everything you hear today is an opinion, and we're gonna, you know, one of the things we're gonna get into today. So stick around for the practice concerts and how it's affecting us because uh the concerts are going through the roof right now and there are millions of them out there i mean hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of artists are on tour but the prices are getting crazy and um you know but before we do that i wanted to say that um this is a really cool story uh the golden pass express train have you heard about it it goes from montreal montrose to uh lake geneva or enter uh, in central, I'm, I'm, I'm destroying the names of these towns. The, but anyway, they've named the train, the Shania train, you know, because she actually lives there. So, uh, so basically if you want to go in, uh, if you want to travel in Switzerland, you can take the Shania train. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I guess you guys don't. Oh, well, yeah, any won't. comments on that? Spelled Montreux. Yeah, Montreux. Yeah, but you could take the Shania train. You get it? Not Shania Twain. The sh- uh, you got to explain the joke. It ain't good. All right. I you don't have idea. to explain the joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I got a letter from Michael Strickland, and it really uh, made me think. And I'm just going to read just the first paragraph of it. 
It was three years ago, past Monday, that all of our lives would change forever. Friday, the 13th of March, 2020, was the day all live events stopped in the United States and a day we will never forget that day. And he, he is right about that. Um, I don't remember exactly where I was. I know I was in Las Vegas when it started to really hit. And um, it was, it was, it was a, a, a crazy time. But now everybody's back to them being busier than ever. So um, how did it affect your lives? I, I know how it affected mine and I'll, 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 I'll talk about it, but, but David, how did it affect you? You know, the, when I work, I go out and work. When I come home, I'm home. And I'm home a lot because the acts that I used to work with aren't around anymore. So it did definitely change my life, <clears throat> but we just refocused it. We, uh, Myrna and I were here in the house, have a beautiful home. And we just said, okay, it's time to start organizing the house. And we started in the basement and we worked our way up and, and we just started either, you, can't, you couldn't throw anything out because all the donate, I mean, you couldn't donate stuff because all the donation places were closed, but we could throw things out. So we threw out 50 garbage pails full of stuff, but there was a lot of stuff we wanted to donate. And so we just filled up our dining room with boxes and bags of uh, things to donate. And we went through the entire house, including the basement, which hadn't been gone to in 40 years. So we've been here a long time. So but we, how did it affect you that you couldn't work? Well, uh, first of all, the government started giving us money. And that wasn't bad because I wasn't making a whole lot to begin with because of my schedule. So it really didn't affect me. We, our expenses aren't that high. We're, let me put it this way. We're really fortunate that at this point in my life, three years ago, I didn't really have to work much. Myrna was still getting checks in from kids who were on television shows and stuff like that, you know, residuals that were coming in, even though they weren't filming anything new, money was still coming in. We were one of the very fortunate few people who really weren't badly affected by this in the beginning. And after a while, you know, a couple of years of not working, but still with the government giving us money, it turned out to be okay for us. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I know, I think about all the people who really had a hard time and I feel bad for them, but I'm not one of them. Josh, what about you? Let's uh, talk about you. What happened with you during that period of time? Uh, I ended up working at a full-time job until I was able to get out and do shows again. You know, so yeah, I couldn't do any live shows, so I just went back to working a full-time job, and that's all I did. Good. We're going to come back to that because I want to talk about that in a second. But uh, Fred, what about you? Now, you were doing all these broadcasts, and how did it affect your life? Really just the travel and, you know, dealing with the idiots that didn't want to wear a mask on a plane and, you know, all the stupidity of masks and how the masks just screwed with people. I mean, it really, it just amazed me that, you know, people would try to pull the medical card and, but then didn't have the medical card to prove, you know, their, their, their cause. And it just, the, the lunacy of it all. Um, but other than, but as far as working, Television goes on. I mean, television happens. Sports happens. Sports stopped for, for like a week, I think it was. But, um, you know, as far as the rest of it, you know, it was just dealing with the plane, having a thousand apps on your phone because you had to check in everywhere you went. Um, and the only time I really had a problem was when I went to the East Coast, somewhere in New York, I landed. And even though I had a 
a letter that said that I was an essential worker. They wanted to try to hold me at the airport. And then somebody else came along and they, they grabbed me and said, you're coming with me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I didn't get, uh, I didn't get quarantined, even though I was supposedly coming from one of the bad places. Right. Um, now, sports, if I remember correctly, basketball was one of the first sports that came along by creating the bubble. Isn't that correct? I think so. I was not part of that. I was doing other things. I did not go go get into the bubble. But, um, you know, I, 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 I was always working. You know, I don't think I was working as much, but um, it was. So do you think your income level was affected by this? uh it probably was but like like david my wife and i were were at a point in our lives where we pretty much own everything we don't we're not in debt anywhere and so it didn't affect us the way it affected a lot of other people matter of fact i ended up helping people by loaning people money which i normally don't do but you know in in times you just you deal with it with friends and you just suck it up sometimes sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's not a good thing so, but you know. right. well, you ha I have a policy on lending friends money. I, I believe in Shakespeare in this case, never a borrower or a lender be as uh, the advice that Polonius gave to Hamlet before he went off to school, you know, but then again, I also always lived on the on the advice is that above all else, uh, thou can, you know, be true to yourself because thou could be false to no man. Um, so, you know, yeah, uh, so like that's, that's most of it, that experience was positive. I had one or two that, you know, because it was a handshake agreement, there was no paper written, there's no, no legalese, nothing to fall yeah. back on. There was a couple of them that, you know, they're not really friends anymore, but, you know, you live and learn, I guess. Well, here's the deal. When you lend friends money, you always have to figure that you're, it's a gift because the odds are that they're not going to give it back to you. It's, it's just, you know, there are friends that will give it back to you, but whenever anybody borrows money, they never borrow it. It, with the intention of not paying you back, they want to pay you back, but something else comes along where that that money is more important in another area than back in your pocket. And so that's why I say that if you ever lend anybody money uh, without without documents, uh, you've got to figure that it's a gift until they give it back. And then well, you I find out what your true friendship is all about, you know, how, what your friendship is all about. I was just going to say that's the difference. You find out who the, your true friends are and who are just associates. That's right, you know, and it doesn't matter how much money you have or whatever, it's still the principle. And the interesting thing about it is sometimes you might forget that you lent them money, but the person you lent money will never forget it. They, every time they see you, they will think that they owe you money. And usually they'll bring it up and they'll say, hey, you know, I'm sorry I owe you this money, but Fred, I want to assure you this, that I would rather owe you this money for the rest of my life than beat you out of a penny. You know, and uh, that's how I feel about it. You know, so thanks, Fred, for the loan. Uh <laughs> Dan, you remember, you know, I want to remind you that uh, back before the uh, real estate crashed, I went out and I bought some condos in Vegas. And I had a friend who Jan knows who said, yeah, I'll lend you some money. He's been on the show, too. And he, he gave me, a, I don't remember if it was a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars to go in on this stuff. And Jan is going, there's no way. He wants something. He was convinced that there was something nefarious going on. And the end result was, is that he was my friend. He lent me the money and I ended up paying him back. 
and uh, everything worked out great. But uh, you No, actually, if I remember correctly, David, it wasn't that it was something nefarious. I kept telling you that was a bad investment. It was a bad investment. And it turned uh, out I was right. You know, it was it was a bad, was bad but you were wrong about Shimon. Yeah. No, I didn't. I just felt that there was something there was something that that was that wasn't a good investment because of the way the real estate market was structured and the way those properties were being purchased. That's that's all there is to it. But I don't want to go into it here now because that's yesterday's news. Um, Anyway, and I want to hear from Sam. How Sam, how were you affected by by COVID? Well, uh, I moved in with my girlfriend in uh, Cave Creek, Arizona. COVID hit and uh, I'm a retired uh, compliance broker working for a real estate firm. And frankly, the real estate boomed. So that was my best couple of years. And uh, we eventually sold uh, her house at the height of the market. She got top top dollar and moved to Albuquerque because she had a brand new grandson. So it was all good for me. And we got along for two years, no arguments, little stress, but we get along. All right. And Wayne, what about you? Uh, well, during COVID, um, the Australian well, government- First of all, Wayne, tell everybody where you're from. I'm from uh, Wagga Wagga in Australia. Uh, Australia, so we're, we're, we're international in scope. <laughs> the thriving metropolis of Wagga Wagga. And um, so COVID here, when we were locked down, uh, thanks to the Australian government, they gave us, uh, I was a job seeker already. I, just, I did that just before um, the COVID started, which is basically social security. But um, they uh, they doubled our payment for um, job seekers. And anyone that had a job, even a part-time job, uh, got $750 a week while payment, while the COVID was going. So... It's hard to say whether anyone, uh, I would think some people got more than what they would regularly get in their casual job. Uh, But I can't really say, you know, each person needs to look at their own situation individually. But um, uh, for me, uh, I did better, I did better while the COVID was going than I did while while it wasn't going. (laughs) But didn't you miss mixing shows? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and and our, our um, lockdown was on and off. I don't know if yours was continuous for that period of time, but ours was on and off. And I remember setting a complete theatre show up the whole day before. We were doing the drum check the next day. The keyboard player just got in. Then we got the message that at five o'clock that day, everyone was locked down. So that show, which we took a whole day to set up, didn't go ahead. I'm going, why didn't they lock us down at 12 o'clock at night? We would have got the, or midnight, we would have got our show in. (laughs) Anyway, the show happened later. But uh, uh, that happened a few times where we got pretty much halfway through the setup and then it it stopped. (laughs) I don't know if that was happening in the the US of A, but uh, certainly was happening here quite a few times that happened. Oh, I, I mean, you know. We certainly, I mean, it made a mess. I wasn't doing great in the audio world, but once COVID hit, it was just, <laughs> it was the, it was the no financial, yeah. very, not enough. I have a question for you in regarding telecommuting. Were you able to do any telecommuting on, on, on the broadcast aspect or did you always have to go to the location? Say that again. About- Are you asking me, Jan? 
Well, no, because you did, I we know that we know that you didn't do that. But uh, Fred's in broadcast, and I was curious oh, yeah. to know. No, the cloud stuff really wasn't um, really wasn't kind of in place at that point. I do more of that sort of stuff now than I did during COVID. But I was going to jump back in and say the one good thing about that time was planes were empty. You could. It only took me ten minutes to get to the airport because there was nobody on the freeway. <laughs> so you know, there was a, there was a lot of kind of good things about that time because everybody just stayed home and there wasn't there wasn't just you could go to the store and it was it wasn't crowded and um you know once once they started letting people out again it just like the world kind of I mean it takes me it takes me if I don't leave my house before five thirty in the morning it takes me almost forty five minutes to get to the airport when normally it's a ten minute drive. Isn't so, that crazy? It is. Crazy? It would have been a lot, lot less pollution you would you would imagine in a lot of yeah we did we had a lot less pollution yeah i mean it was there was a lot of really good things that were during that time yeah well for me um i had been telecommuting for years um based on based on you know building up uh, our internet business so it didn't matter where i was located but the business kind of stopped it was almost like i remember i remember you know somebody had mentioned 911 i think it was david you know and what happened at 911 and i remember for 2 weeks there was no, the phone didn't ring nothing happened nobody spoke to anybody it was just you know it was it was completely flat whereas with this it became flat but people were talking and then of course as we started becoming around uh that's when Zoom became so huge as it is. And there were all sorts of Zoom meetings and people were meeting on Zoom. And, um, but before I get into that, I just wanted to say it affected my life tremendously. First of all, I had to, you know, I've always had the, the philosophy that if you're not the lead dog, the view never changes. That's number one. And number two is if you don't bend with the breeze, you break. And in thinking about that, we had to revamp our business and look at a different aspect because we were dealing exclusively selling gear to the live concert industry. And there were no shows going on, so there was no gear being sold. But then we realized that the install business, that people were really taking their gear and cannibalizing their live touring business by throw, selling their gear to installs. And then we found out that the church business started to get very big and they were doing outdoor shows and they needed stages and we moved into the mobile stage business really quickly and that made us survive. But the biggest change for me was I decided to go on a vacation because I had heard that, be, uh, you know, being an older gentleman, uh, I had heard that Phuket had created a sandbox here in Thailand where this island, nobody had COVID and you had to prove that you had you didn't have COVID before you got to the island. And then you had to be tested and you had to be in quarantine for, for two weeks. Um, and so I decided to come to Thailand and yada, 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 I'm still on vacation here, <laughs> you know, two years later. <laughs> You know, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty good. And Tina, you know, I don't know, you know, uh, Tina, I, I would say that, uh, you know, Tina's now working, you know, I don't know how many hours a week she's working, uh, probably more than ever before, but she's working from anywhere she wants to work. It used to be that we would have to go to the office. I had this philosophy that if you weren't in the office, you weren't working. But now, as long as you get your job done, doesn't matter. And so you have much more freedom. Am I right? Are you traveling much to the Philippines or 
the neighborhood islands? No, the Philippines, the Philippines just opened up. Everything is now opening up right now. Everything's opening up right now. Uh, China just opened up. Um, actually, I don't know if it's completely open yet, but people are starting to travel from China. As a matter of fact, I have friends here from who are living in China who are, are now finally out. But China was the uh, was open. New Zealand opens up at the end of this month, I believe. Uh, the Philippines is probably open. But because of the way the government worked, I never went there because it was it, it was just too frightening to go there with, with the way COVID was going on. So there wasn't a lot of traveling. Now there's a lot of traveling going on. And the other thing, which was the other the the other thing um, was uh, the planes were not flying. There were no planes. So the main major hubs for Asia are uh, Hong Kong, uh, Singapore, uh, Shanghai, and Beijing, and South Korea. Those are the main main hubs. And those were mostly all closed. It was, I mean, when I would fly, when normally when I would fly from Las Vegas or the United States West Coast to Asia, you'd fly through Hong Kong. And Hong Kong then would be the hub, or, and, you know, or you would go to South Korea and then go from there but those airports were closed so there was no way to go and there weren't that many flights so if you look at a map i had to fly from phuket here in thailand to germany i had to fly to frankfurt and then frankfurt to the united states or uh, another time i went through through cutter i had to fly to cutter going completely in the wrong direction and it was you know it was it was a, a journey and a half of multiple days horrible flying 18 hour legs uh wasn't good anyway so that's Dan, basically you need to it put boracay on your bucket list one of the most beautiful beaches in the world well that's great well you know the beaches there there are, there are plenty of beaches all over the world that i would love to go see and we go to the beach kind of kind of regularly but you got to be careful of the sun because, uh, you know, at our age, you know, the sun is not your friend, you know, if you see those people that used to be sun gods, they look pretty damn old, uh, you know, for their age right now. So anyway, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about is that where, you know, and I mentioned it briefly, that Zoom and, and there is an article right now in the New York Times and it's headlined, where did all your Zoom friends go? And so basically, yeah, we used to have 20 people in the room. Now we have seven people in the room and people are working. I mean, it's not that they don't want to come. They're just busy working and I'm happy for them, although I do miss them, you know. So I am glad. Uh, I'm glad that people are working. Um, I wish they weren't working at five o'clock on on a Wednesday so they could come into the room or eight o'clock on the East Coast time. But, you know, anyway, that's our industry. Anybody have anything else to say before we move on? I'll be working next week, so goodbye. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, well. Anyway, so um, right now there's a lot of things going on about fraud, and I wanted to uh, bring that up. So you got to be super careful. You got to be super careful. If you listen to this, a staggering seven seven hundred and twenty one point five million credentials were stolen and 22 million devices were affected in 2022, according to the latest identity exposure report uh, from the experts at SpyCloud. 
and there's an article on Google and it's uh, we're going to put the link in it, but basically it really is a very helpful article on how to prevent getting uh, your accounts hacked. So Tina will throw that in, but I have a guess. I have, I have something. So financial fraud can happen at any time to anyone, but seniors, and we're all seniors, uh, tend to be at greater risk. So 92,000 plus victims of, uh, of, of seniors were taken for $1.7 billion last year, right? Guess what the breakdown of where this money was stolen from, from these people? Anybody have an idea who is taking this money from these people? Yeah. Uh, Korea, not Korea, Korea, North Korea. Well, 15% of the seniors' monies were stolen from home caregivers. 17% of their money was stolen from friends and neighbors. And this is a staggering number, according to this, 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 uh, this, this, uh, the government survey here, 58% of all the money stolen from seniors was stolen by family members. How do you like them apples? You're speechless. I love it. So, yeah, family, family, family. You can't live with them, and uh, you know you can't live without them. Anyway, um, on another note, there's a lawsuit going on right now. It's at the Supreme Court. Have you heard about this? Jack Daniels says a dog toy company is ripping off their brand, and so as you know, it's called Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey. And the company, the toy dog company, is called Bad Spaniels Silly Squeezer. And if you look at the pictures, it really is a ripoff of Jack Daniels' logo. But will they win in Supreme Court? I don't know. But uh, we'll throw the link in the chat. Anybody well, have any comments I mean, on that? I think it is a ripoff. I've seen it. It's a ripoff. If you, you're using the likeness, it's not a parody anymore. You're actually making a, a, a huge profit from it. You, it is a ripoff. You, you didn't even get a license to you utilize their likeness. So, I mean, I think it's a ripoff, personally. That's my opinion. Oh, yeah, look at it. Sure it is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I wonder if we should share a screen and show it. Ah, well, no, we got to move on. We'll throw the link in the chat. You look for yourself and you it's see what it is. I just looked at it. Oh, good. All right. Very, very good. Well, anyway, um, moving along. So a guy, a guy, this, ve this vegan guy, he just loves, he, he loves tofu. He lives on tofu, right? So he's living in the state of Maryland. And so he applies for personalized plates. That, that you know, and and the personalized plate is LUV tofu. Seems simple enough, but the state of Maryland <laughs> canceled his plates because it says <laughs> they read it love f u. <laughs> ah, I think that's hilarious. Anyway. 
love to F you. <laughs> ah, anyway, that's the, so, all right. So now the New York Post, here's another interesting article here. By the way, does anybody here have personalized plates? Well, my wife does. And some, and some great plates. One of my favorite plates of all time, I still remember. You remember, David, you remember Angeline? Oh, yeah. You know, so Angeline, she was married to this 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 billboard magnate, and so and she was a she was a singer, and you know wasn't the greatest singer in the world, and but he owned the he owned this billboard company, so he was able to put her picture up on these huge billboards all over Los Angeles, right? And she was very flashy, and she used to drive a a, a pink Corvette. She still does. Uh, and, she, she oh my does? gosh, I know exactly what billboards those are and who she is. <laughs> she was busty and she was I like was a... wondering why she used to be on billboards. <laughs> She's the first Yeah, her husband owned the company. Okay. The All right, person... well that makes total sense. <laughs> she was the first person to be famous for doing nothing. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. The Kardashians stole her whole her whole gig, you know? Anyway, and I remember her license plates were T-A-K-E-N, taken, you know? And, uh, so it was, I thought it was uh, Lean Love, L-E-A-N-L-U-V. No, it was taken, taken. Oh, okay. Well, maybe taken. she had two cars. Yeah. Well, maybe she had two cars, yeah. Uh, it's very possible. I mean, you know, with the amount, with the amount of money that guy had, uh, very, very possible she had I, two cars. I take pictures of license plates when I'm driving, and I've got some really good ones. But one of the ones that I didn't take but I saw was great. It was PMS 24-7. <laughs> if you see my car it's wingman wingman right you know so um like it's uh, episode. yeah wingman well that was ass man uh and uh and and, and cnn where i where i heard the story they actually did a, a parody with kramer with that the ass man thing where he played the doctor Anyway, um, listen to this thing along the same lines of this, and I'm reading this story. The New York Post is reporting that, you know, there's a, there's a war going on in Ukraine. Everybody knows that. And everybody knows Russia is the aggressor in this. So New York Post is reporting that the Russian group Wagner, you know, and they're the ones now that are recruiting mercenaries for uh, to fight against Ukraine. They have turned to Pornhub. Um, which is the number one pornography website in the world, Pornhub. And their, 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 their catch line is, any fighters willing to raise to the occasion? You know, are they willing to rise to the occasion? You know, that's it. And in the commercial, a blonde woman wearing red lipstick is seen twirling an oversized lollipop in her mouth while a husky female voice purrs in the background. We are the fucking coolest private army in the world. And we're recruiting farmers, fighters, not farmers, fighters from all over Russia. Uh, don't whack off, go to work for PMC Wagner. So um, anyway, I thought that was uh, worth talking about today, just as a little bit of off, you know, light news about the war. So anyway, um, did you guys see Top Gun Maverick? Yes. Well, um, Top Gun won an Academy Award for the best sound. 
the best sound design. And I just saw this video on YouTube, which we will throw the link in the chat. And seeing we're all involved in the sound business in one way or another, the the phenomenal job that they did in sound, this guy captures it and you should really watch it to see the intricate details of what they went through to create the sound and how it affects the actual movie. Um, it's really brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. It's a quick video, it's about 10 minutes long and you will enjoy watching it for sure. Um, it's why Top Gun won the Oscar for the sound. So um, I recommend highly that you watch. Anybody see it other than me? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? It's an excellent movie. No, 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 the video on- Oh, no, that, no, no. No, the video on the sound design is really, really good. I mean, it's really, really good um, what they did. And uh, it's it's very, very impressive, uh, especially when they were doing the, the sounds from the, the jet planes. And I guess what, I guess, I think that the, the plane that he was on uh, in the beginning where he was breaking the speed limits, uh, I think they call that the dark star or something like that. Anyway, um, that is, I never really gave it any thought because it was just so believable. But when you think about the workmanship that went behind that to make it so believable, got to watch the video on YouTube. All right. So anyway, um, right now there is a huge shortage of labor in our industry. And the biggest problem in recent months is the lack of available and qualified crew members uh, that aren't as experienced because the experienced guys left the industry. A lot of experienced crew guys left the industry. And there's a great article on Polestar, and we'll throw that link in the chat as well. Um, have you guys experienced, you guys that are doing work on a regular basis, have you seen anything along the lines of the work shortage? In the labor field? I'm not really involved with that, but I know it's around. Yeah, it's really crazy. And there's right a lot, now, a lot of audio guys are bailing and they're always, I get, I get texts or emails from people daily looking for people in our industry to go do these shows. So um, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, you know, the COVID changed a lot of people's ideas about what they're going to do for a living. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like, you know, there was that, that, that maybe they're not getting paid enough. Maybe they're working weekends and nights where they didn't want to work weekends and nights. There's no health benefits. All of these things have taken people out of our industry. Plus, of course, there was no work for a while, but they're not coming back because now they've got a job that works nine to five. They've got health insurance. They go home on the weekends. They have a real family life and it's something that they wanted rather than you know that what they thought they really loved traveling on the road but that gets really tiresome sometimes but i would also think that they wasn't paying enough and now listen to these statistics pollstar is reporting right now that billy joel and stevie nicks one night one night on march 10th they sold fifty-one thousand eight hundred eighty tickets and grossed and I'm not making this up, $10,884,917 for 
for three hours of work. Which Billy is exactly going to see them when they come to Arizona because those ticket prices are going to be out astronomical. Yeah, and I was asked if I wanted to go for free, and I couldn't go. So I missed that show. Now, I've seen Billy Joel many times. He puts on a great show. But is anybody worth basically $11 million for three hours? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, now, all right, let's, let's go on. So, like, March 11th in Newark, New Jersey now. Newark, New Jersey, Live Nation, one show generated $2 million. And that was, that was, that was basically a, a bad bunny show. And this guy right now, and that was low for him because he's averaging $12.3 million a show. Bad bunny. I'm not making this up. This is from Polestar. And he's the number one tour, right? Bad Bunny? He, well, he was the bad n- number one tour, which brings us to what we were talking about before we went live, and that's Taylor Swift. And so listen to this. Taylor Swift opened the U.S. concert series with a three-hour tour of her career in, um, in Glendale, Arizona. Swift kicked off the first concert for the 52-date era show with a six-long set from her album Love, right? Blah, blah, blah. She played Glendale where the Super Bowl, now she's doing stadiums only. She's doing NFL stadium tour, which is pretty impressive. Now, Fred, you were saying what about the show? I, I thought that I heard that they added a second night, but I I could be wrong. But that's well, that's kind of like what um, what Scoville's doing again this year. He's, uh, he's doing, um, what's his name? The No Shoes Nation guy, whatever his name is. Stadium tours only. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Chesney? Kenny Chesney, yeah. So, yeah, basically, uh, what they're doing though in that in that situation is that he 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 feels, uh, from my understanding, he feels that the big the big arenas, the big the first the uh, first um, the the first world shows, um, um, they're doing the second the second string stuff now. They're doing the second cities um, because that that's they feel that that's where the most money is for them right now is in the second the second uh, second tier cities because um, the first tier cities are being bombarded with high end, with high money shows. So right now, Taylor Swift, she's pegged to do $624 million. But that's nothing. They're saying before her tour is over, they're, they're projecting based on the numbers that Taylor Swift will gross a billion, one billion dollars. What do you think it costs to put on the show? So, I mean, because you, you're talking gross numbers. So obviously yeah. he's got to crew and pay the, the venue and pay, pay off Ticketmaster and God knows who else. So all that, all that payola and whatever you want to call it these days. So what do you think she's actually making? Well, I, think I would say that she is making the lion's share of that. <laughs> Maybe. So here's, here's what I heard about that tour. Number one, there are no buses on this tour. Everybody flies. So, and she's only working one place a week, multiple nights, two nights, maybe three. And so the production shows up on a Thursday. They can do Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then Monday, they can go home. They can fly them home and fly them back out again. 
But so they're saving a lot of money in a lot of ways by not having, you know, 20 buses on this tour. That's why I thought that they added a second night here in Glendale because they, like what you're you're saying, they're basically working Thursday to Sunday, kind of like what I do when I do my college football deal. So you get a couple days. Yeah, but you're not making $12 million a night. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not having to pay anybody either. I'm making my own money. I'm not responsible for all the rest of that stuff. So I heard she does 44 songs in her show. It's three hours and 15 minutes, and she's got about 20 costume changes. And I've seen the costumes, and they're outrageous. They're wonderful. So she's putting out a lot of work for this tour. I'm not saying she's not getting overly compensated. I'm saying that she's working it, though. And she's given her fans, because that's the way she is. She's given her fans as much as they can. And I watched the video, and it looks like 80% of the people there are females. Yeah, well, I think I think Ticketmaster has taken a big chunk of that money, that whole that whole thing. It's it's such a crime that they've cut out the venues and the local people. I can't go over to Glendale and buy a ticket. That's ridiculous. Yeah, you can't I, go to the box office anymore and buy a ticket. You're right. And go to the box office like the old days where you want to go to see a movie, you go to the box office of the movie theater and you buy a ticket. You can't do that for a concert these days. Anywhere. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. But what I'm saying right now, when I'm where I'm where I'm coming and in, I'm about to come someplace where you won't even believe what I'm about to say. But however, the reality is, is that, you, you know, a doctor, a school teacher, the school teachers are on strike right now in Los Angeles because the school teachers, you, you, you can make more money. They, they're saying that you, they can make more money working for McDonald's right now than they're working and, and teaching school. And yet Taylor Swift is making millions of dollars a night. You know, Billy Joel's making millions of dollars a night. You can't do that. It's different money. The school, You know, like people are always going to pay for entertainment. That's what you always say, Jim. So with that said, I mean, comparing teaching to comparing entertainment, you know, people go to entertainment shows so they could forget all the BS that's happening to them and just enjoy life. Uh, It's just a total, it's it's not even, you, you just can't compare it. Don't compare, don't compare the teachers to entertainers. Just think about the fact that these teachers are making $25,000 a year. Yeah. That has nothing to do with entertainers. That's just not a livable wage. And these yeah. are the people in charge of our children. Same thing, same thing with hospital workers. I mean, the hospitals have been overworked and overtaxed, especially during COVID. I mean, look at those, the people that are doing that. They were saints. They're not yeah. making. And the only not, people who's making money are the drug companies. They should be paying more. They should be giving back more to help the salaries with their money. Instead, they just pocket billions. Well, um, I see that everybody's agreeing with me right now. So does anybody have a spare $5 million that they could lend me? Because I want to see Adele at the Coliseum during the F1 race. Because believe it or not, and this is even staggering my mind, Listen to this. Adele is planning to perform at the Coliseum at Caesar's Palace, right? And we could be sure that her show is being offered in the $5 million emperor package for the Formula One race at the Grand Prix. Now, this is what you get for $5 million bucks. Right, let, me, <laughs> let me pause you because that's what um, someone had mentioned in our show a couple of a weeks ago about that package, that, you know, $5, 000, $5 million for the room, but it was the emperor package. 
Go ahead. Yeah, let me tell you where you get. So two tickets to the Adele show at Caesars Palace. Um, okay. And it's from November 16th to November 18th. That's the race. This is the first. So uh, it's the formal listing of Adele that she's going to be playing there. All right. Speculate. Blah, 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 blah. The Emperor, tax, the Emperor package was announced in December, meaning Estelle's, uh, Adele's has, you know, so they didn't know if she was going to keep playing there, but evidently she is. So this article is a lot about Adele, but the Emperor package offers five nights at the Nobu Sky Villa, which overlooks the race front straightway and can host up to 75 guests. The villa is 10,300 square foot, three bedroom space with 4,700 square foot terrace atop Nobu Hotel. The terrace is just 140 feet above the strip and a conga line from Adele. So basically, you're really close, but for five million bucks, you can get to watch the race and see Adele. Is that not crazy money? That is crazy money. By the way, your so camera's who, Some Somebody will pay. You're, you're frozen, Jim. Uh, man, I'm, fro I'm telling you I'm frozen over this. Yes, I'm <laughs> definitely frozen. Are you yeah, joking? You know, it's crazy. All right. And so, but if you, if you don't have 5 million, you want to watch the race, uh, hard rock now, um, but, and the new parent company of the Mirage just joined, joined the list of presenting partners for November's, uh, race. And they are going to be building their own grand strand, uh, grand grandstand, and it'll seat up to 3000 people. And I believe the initial tickets are going for $5,000 a pop. However, along with concerts, people are going to buy these up and they're going to be selling them for 10 times value. So um, do what you can if you want to go see the race. That's it. I think I'm going to rent my house out for 10 million bucks. Why not? So, and, and to throw it in, I'll stay at the house with you. Now, how do you like that? Now, there's the value. And I'll perform for you with that guitar right there behind me. Okay. So does that mean you're bringing um, Bo? We got Bo, Bo back here with you? Oh, don't get me started with the immigration business. Oh, my God. The immigration business is, is horrible. Horrible. I mean, they, you know, they, they have a government thing called uh, something about limited paperwork, right? And right now, the Limited Paperwork Act, it's only to get her a fiancé visa, is only 15 single-line space pages with in each line you have to document with documents so basically i'm looking at like maybe 25 pages of information that i've got to put together including information about my parents my grandparents her parents her grandparents uh it it, it is absolutely they they are and and if you want to apply it's about a year and a half in most major cities Remember to get how an you, appointment. Right? You're in the sandbox. Yep. They're not wow. So meanwhile, Thailand has offered a long-term visa for people like me. And it took me one month. It was four pages. It wasn't even four pages. It was four fully, you know, four pages, double spaced, where all they asked me is a few questions. I had to submit a tax report, a tax, uh, a tax return. And that was it. I mean, it was really simple. And they extended my visa now. 
what they call landed immigrant status. And I could basically work here if I wanted to. Uh, I, I only have to check in once a year. And if I leave the country, that's considered a check-in. And it was nothing. I mean, it was absolutely nothing to do. Easy as, pee, easy, easy as pie. And America, it's, it's just off the hook crazy. Off the hook crazy. It's one of my pet peeves. Anyway, um, there's some bad news I want to report. Um, Willis Reed died. Now, I don't know if you guys know who Willis Reed is. Anybody know who he is? Yeah, sure. New Yorkers. New yeah, York, New Yorkers will know about center. it. This guy was amazing. He was a great basketball player. Um, and when I was a kid growing up, and on Willis Reed, I was like a huge fan of of the Knicks, and they won. That was the year they won their uh, their championship. And he had torn a muscle; he had some sort of he, he tore a thigh muscle, and he couldn't play in the finals. But he came out anyway and played, scored a couple of shots, and it just spurred the team on. And that year, we won uh, the playoffs. We won we won the NBA championship. That was an amazing year, 1969 was an amazing year in New York. The, the Jets won, the Mets won, and the Knicks won. And we graduated college that year. Yeah, Well, you're a little older than me. I was thrown out of high school that year. That, uh... Yes, and we graduated together. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, moving on. Um, it seems that California reels from the onslaught of another destructive flood. Uh, David, you're in California. How's it affecting you? Well, it stopped raining. <laughs> this it's atmospheric not... river that's coming, and I think you got another one coming. Yeah, you know the. Uh, the I live in a, in a. I live in the hills, in the Hollywood Hills, and the hills are where a lot of these problems are. But my hills are more developed. So we really haven't had any of these issues that, unfortunately, people all around Los Angeles and California are having. So my roof doesn't leak, and I'm warm, and I'm dry. So I'm lucky. That's all. I've never heard, I've never heard this term before. Isn't, isn't this normally a El Nino or a La Nina or whatever the, the term is for the weather that's coming through what's it i've never heard this atmospheric river the atmospheric rivers have been around forever they used to call them the pineapple express because they're coming from hawaii and uh, the water, and the water the rain is warmer than if it comes down from canada and alaska so the pineapple express was always the wrong kind of rain because it would melt all the snow before it was ready to be melted uh, something has happened and the Pineapple Express is still happening, but there's something coming down as well that's making it snow. So this now, so they're not calling it the Pineapple Express now; they're just calling it atmospheric rivers. But it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a happy place to live. California is a happy place to live. But did you know that uh, March 20th was International Day of Happiness? It was designated by the United Nation, making it its 10th anniversary. It was March 20th, in case you missed it. And does anybody have any idea what the happiest place on earth is to live, other than Disneyland? I know, but I'll let somebody else answer. New anybody? Zealand. Nobody? New Zealand. 
Finland. No, New Zealand's not even in the top 10. Finland. Finland is correct. Finland, for six years in a row, they say that Finland is, uh, is according to the World's Happiness Report, it ranks uh, countries basically on, uh, largely on life evaluations from the Gallup World Poll. Uh, by the way, so number one was Finland, number two is Denmark, number three, Iceland, four was Israel, five was the Netherlands, and the United States finished up in 15th place. So there you go. And so if you're living in the United States, you're the 15th happiest country in the world. What happened so, to Australia? It's, it's nice that good. they uh, scheduled a date on my birthday. Yeah, there you go. Happy birthday, Sam. So that was the happiest place on earth for Sam. There yes. Yes. Well, congratulations. You made it. You made it. To, you made it that far. So um, I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about um, today was uh, Rock Lidditz. You guys remember Rock Lidditz? I mentioned it a few months ago. Uh, Marty Hom, uh, Charlie Hernandez, a bunch of other guys uh, decided they were going to get together and have this conference in, in Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Uh, and they formed the Academy of Life Technology. And uh, they will offer um, 22,400 square feet of classroom production space, digital labs, a common gathering area for students, and it's a location in a campus where the biggest names in the industry will gather to uh, create, rehearse, and will offer a unique experience for the students, which would include Claire and Tate Towers. And almost most of the big tours are um, Claire is putting together the sound and Tate Towers is doing the staging. So. Um, the applications are open for the fall of 2023, and uh, successful candidates will be in class uh, um, before moving to um, into the into the design. So basically, we'll throw that link up in the chat, and if anybody has anything to say about it, now would be the time. Well, it's like tour management school. It has nothing to do with audio, really. Um, anyway, uh, last thing, uh, last thing, you know, just really quickly, ticket man, ticket, ticket master, speaking of, you know, ripping off people and stuff like that. I remember it's an opinion show. Uh, they will refund uh, the cure. Robert Smith demanded that they refunded some money to their to their um, to their um, uh, ticket, their fans. So Ticketmaster agreed and they're going to return some money to uh to the Cure fans who bought Cure tickets. And so, anyway, um, that's basically all the stories I have for today. Um, next week, I wanna talk about artificial intelligence. So, um, and how it, how it affects us and how, how we can use it for our betterment. Uh, by the way, um, Google just announced Bard. You know, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's a few there's a few companies out there that are providing um, artificial intelligence for writing. Uh, one would be uh, ChatGPT. They're the most famous right now. Google has one. Microsoft has one. But there is a really cool website called Proximity. Proximity AI. If you get a chance, check it out. Um, but Google just opened Bard and they put me on the wait list and less than, uh, less than 10 hours, 
They approved me and now I have the ability to use BARD. And so we'll talk about that next week. I'm gonna practice with it this week, see what it does, how I like it, and uh, I'll report back to you guys. In the interim, is there anything that anybody else would like to say before we go off the air? Oh, well, I suppose I could say from the Australia world, I had a a good, <coughs> excuse me, a good um, weekend last weekend. I went to a town called Hilston with a band called Wobbly Boot, who are very good, country rock band. And uh, I just, and had a great time with, with everyone in that band in, the, in a little town called Hilston, which has 1,500 people. Well, you're an amazing man at Hilston, and I'm sure you were a man amongst men there. You know, so <laughs> it's 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 what you call the wild west in Australia. No, it's not the wild west, but it's certainly west. <laughs> it's getting westerly. Well, very good. Well, with that in mind, I think I'm going to say goodbye to our social media crowd. By the way, the the audience is picking up. So if you like this show, remember to subscribe to it. Uh, also, give us a thumbs up and make some comments. We'd love to see your comments. Um, you can find us on all your favorite social media. Also, we put this out as an audio version on podcast, so you could find it on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. So if you just want to listen to the audio version, that's available as well. And just remember, everything that you heard today is an opinion, and we really appreciate you coming, especially the panel. And thanks for listening and thanks for watching. And um, I just want to leave you with this thought as always, you make it happen, make it happen, have a great week. And we'll see you again next week on Wednesday at five o'clock West Coast time. Until then, you make it happen, make it happen, stay safe and stay healthy. And with that, we are off.